comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash outnowpodcast. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's www.audibletrial.com slash outnowpodcast. Previously on Out Now with Aaron and Abe. Smaug. 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 I think it's Smaug. 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 It's, it's... Shut the f*** up! Wait a minute. I forgot my introduction. It's, it's, introduction. Recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello! Out Now is a film podcast. Abe and I are discussing new movies weekly. We also bring a discussion about the latest movie trailers, box office results and predictions, a callback to past films similar to the main film of the week, games, and other fun stuff. This is episode 133, 133. Almost like Scotty Pippen, except 100 times more, or 100 plus more. Go on. You got yes. that? Okay. <laughs> and um, today... Good. Tonight, we are discussing The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smaug, the second Smaug. of three Hobbit movies. Joining me to discuss The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smaug, or HDS, uh, we we have, well, we have basically last year's crew minus one. We have, from Fast Film Reviews, he escaped the webs of many spiders to be here tonight, Mark Hoban. Hi, everyone. And from FirstShowing.net, he braved a swim through the ice waters of Lake Town to be here, Alex Billington. What's up? I'm very cold. Please give me a blanket. Okay. <laughs> well, Solar blanket. Okay. But Mark, how are you doing? <laughs> you warm enough? I'm doing very good. Okay, good. Glad to be here. Glad to have you guys back can, on the show. Can we clarify the, how do you say the dragon's name? I think it's Smaug. 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 I think it's Smaug. Smaug. I'm, say, I'm just saying it differently. I'm saying Smaug. Yeah. If, I, if I slow myself down, it sounds like Smaug. It's, it's actually part of a new drinking game that Aaron and I are doing. It's like whenever you hear a different variation on Smaug, Smaug, Smaug. Just take a drink. Yeah, that's that's what we're doing. Um, you play like a little audio clip like you've done before in past shows where every time we say that word, there's a little like uh, notification of it. If I was that's... editing this week, that would definitely happen. Just so. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, let's get into it here. Uh, some announcement stuff. Uh, the holidays are coming up. Um, that means our top ten show will eventually be recorded. I, I'd imagine Mark will be on that show with us, actually, because he's been on each other one so far. Um, but that'll happen soon enough. Um, in the meantime, all these other movies are coming out all at the end of the year, so we'll be figuring out our schedule for shows. There'll be probably a lot of bonuses, as we tend to do, tend to have done during the holiday season. It'll it'll work out. Yeah. Um, also, we released a new commentary today. We said we would last Woo-hoo! week. That happened. It's for The Matrix Revolutions, the third Matrix movie. Myself, Brandon Peters, and Scott Mendelson all joined in to discuss the franchise in general and the, while watching the third Matrix movie. And it's a, if you're so- thinking why think why not exactly thank you Abe. that's exactly <laughs> the reason but uh yeah it's a solid discussion there so you can check that one out um what else 
some people passed, some celebrities passed away today as we recorded, uh, before we started recording this. So I want to just give mention of those and see if you guys have any thought on this. Uh, Peter O'Toole passed away at, uh, what was he, 80, 82, 81? 81, yeah. 81. You know, yeah, Lawrence of Arabia died. Like, that's, that's a little sad, I'd say. Yes. Great, great film. Yeah. He's a great actor in general. He's like a legend. Uh, Joan Fontaine passed away. Star of Rebecca. Yes. <laughs> and and Suspicion. Two two great Hitchcock classics. Ninety six. Ninety six. Yeah. Oh, long full life. And then lastly, uh, Tom Laughlin, who starred the the Billy Jack films. Um, but Mark and Mark and I were discussing this before the show. Apparently, he died. If the reports are correct, he died a, a couple days earlier than today. But it's only now just being reported. So curious about that. But uh, I guess we'll. Probably learn more as we read more, you know, in these various obituaries that are being written in the, past, in the next few days. Have you guys seen uh, Billy Jack? I've seen the first Billy Jack. Yeah, I've seen the first one. I actually really enjoy that film and kind of a, I mean, it's not it's not like a great great film, but it's sort of like the kind of film that's sort of the blueprint for a lot of action films of today. I feel like it certainly has that in there, and it was I think it was made like as an independent film, so that's why a lot of it, why it, um, like he created that whole franchise himself and everything i think that's why it gets a lot of regard uh yeah all of that quite sad <laughs> a, lot, a lot of people passing away during the holiday season it um it's sad but you know keep it positive we got to move up people they're living good lives so yeah. um itunes reviews and ratings good to get those helps out the show helps people find our show um so you know log on to itunes and give us a review maybe a sentence or so it'd be, it'd be great helps out it's almost like a facebook thumbs up it, almost, yes, it was almost like that. <laughs> and um, yeah, let's uh, let's get into it. let's get into know everybody. Uh, each week, and out there, and we try to ask each other a few questions, try to set the tone for the podcast. You better get to know everybody. Everybody, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. I, I was a little slow, but I forgot too. He tried though. That's no, Mark, Mark got it. Yeah, I, yeah, I like I like the effort being made. <laughs> let's let Mark start this because of that. Oh gosh. Okay, uh, Aaron. Yeah. Bayorn is the skin changer who can assume the appearance of a great black bear. This is in the Desolation of Smaug. Oh, okay. Uh, if he does indeed become a bear with animal instincts, why doesn't he pose a threat to the group of animals he lives with? Uh, because they don't have any picnic baskets, of course. That is the... <laughs> <laughs> He's smarter than the average bear. Yeah, I mean, well, he doesn't have anything they want. So well, I was thinking because they're behind a, a big wooden gate, but... I don't have an answer either. I, 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 it's yeah. more a question as to, like, maybe you had some insight. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, the the lack of my reading any of these Tolkien books, let alone the amount of time spent on, like, Big Black Bear for some reason, I, it perplexes me just as well as you. So <laughs> I think the picnic basket thing is my best guess. So. Oh, I like the answer. It's a good one. Good. Abe. Yeah. What would be your most practical application of fire breathing? Uh... I would say helping a lot of metal workers in the in the hills of West Virginia or something like that. You know, everyone's got to earn a living, right? You're still stuck in out of the furnace, I guess, huh? Yeah, I guess. I mean, he kind of does some furnace stuff in this one, too. But I don't know. I mean, <laughs> what, what would you say? I asked you, Abe. I don't have to answer these questions. There you go. <laughs> There's, then my answer That's not how everybody works, Abe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Alex. Yes. You're sitting in your lazy boy chair with a cold drink of your choice in hand. Suddenly, there's a knock on the door with 13 strangers and an old man 
with a walking staff asking you to go on an adventure. Do you just drop everything and go out with these strange men? Is that a Hell yeah! Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 yes. All right. Uh, need I say more? Of beardy, course, we would go have beardy a crazy men. Adventure. And they're just like, yeah, hey Alex, we need you, buddy. Yeah, of <laughs> course. Pretty, like that's more of a like, yeah. I would, I would drop everything and go, and then and then I would come back and tell you what crazy happened. <laughs> All and then with write a book about it. And one day make a movie about it. He'd call that movie Divergence because he didn't have a beard. <laughs> <laughs> waka waka. Smoke. Alex, your turn. You could ask uh, if anyone would date an elf chick. <laughs> and the answer, of course, would be yes. Yes. Would anyone date an elf chick? Only or if that elf chick was Kate Blanchett. Oh. That's a, that's a good point. Freckles is doing it for me. I don't know. Freckles? <laughs> you mean Liv Tyler's twin? Or... Yeah, Freckles from Lost. Yeah, she was doing it for me. We can jump over to Mark. Uh, Abe. Yeah. Uh, here's another just another question about the movie we just saw. Smaug the dragon taunts Bilbo by saying Thorin cares more for the Arkenstone than he does for Bilbo as a companion. If Smaug has been cooped up in the mountain for more than 100 years, how does he even know who Thorin is? Oh, he, he's heard the tales that people have been singing over in the village. They're like, oh, yeah, watch out for this guy named Thorin. He's going to come back to the lonely mountain. So and... he just heard, he heard these songs, like, wafting through the air? What's the next verse of the song, Abe? I, I haven't written it just yet, but <laughs> Hans Christian Andersen is, is working on it, you know, very, very deftly. So uh, I, I think that he, well, you know, he's got to go out and eat, so I'm sure that he just... Hits up the Loch Ness Monster from time to time. They just go out and have a nice casual diner, dinner. And they hear these stories around the campfires, right? I figured it was like an old boy situation where he has, like, TV. Like, it, you know, it's just showing away, oh, the oh, latest just, news events. Yeah, right. <laughs> He's just stuck in there with all his gold because he doesn't want to go anywhere. Right? Okay, like, yeah. he has a subscription to, like, Lake Town Weekly or something. So, like, <laughs> he, he gets a magazine. I guess because he loves gold so much, the Loch Ness Monster will be paying for dinner. So uh. Fun fact, I've heard that Smoke the Dragon is actually a big fan of the TV show Two Broke Girls. I don't know why. But <laughs> there you go. That's, that's why I heard. Much better than Don't Trust to Be in Apartment 23. Yeah. Oh, that was, I like that show. I got canceled. <laughs> it was, it's, all, it's all on Netflix. I finished it. I finished what they had. <laughs> Aaron. Yeah. You're going to be placed in Middle Earth, and you're allowed to select what type of creature, person, race, or thing you, you're going to be. What do you choose to be? What do I choose to be in Middle Earth? Yeah. Elf? Uh, wood elf? A uh, hobbit? Wizard? A bird? Well, screw eagles. I think that I think I've held that thought pretty well. Um, see, everyone seems to be really racist against dwarves, so I didn't. I don't think I want to be that. Um, <laughs> man doesn't seem to have it much better either. They're just like um... they've got names like Bard. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a noun. The elves are so serious, but jeez, uh, where's uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess I'll take a wizard. Wizard seems to they seem to have it have yeah, it made. Like one of four wizards in Middle Earth. They seem to be respected. They can go do whatever they want. They get spells and shit like that. You know, yeah, just like smoke to... a lot of weed and just hang out with hobbits. <laughs> there you go. Great answer. <laughs> was it was it really one of my reasons? But all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right, Alex. Yeah. Favorite kill in this very violent movie. You mean the Hobbit? Yeah. Favorite kill in the Hobbit. Well, only because it's the one that I just saw and I like the most 
in terms of what happens is when Legolas, uh, is like, I forget, I think it's right after the barrel riding moment. He like shoots one of them and you see the arrow, you like follow the arrow like through his head basically. It yeah. goes right through him and the orc just drops dead. That was a good one. That was, yeah. yeah. I have one. Yeah. I, I like, uh, when Bilbo stabs that spider. Yeah. Cause he does it with a little bit of, I think it's partially because of the ring and his, its effect on him, but he does it with almost a little bit of like joy. Like at the end there. Yeah, I saw, of, I, saw yeah. Some, I saw some Gollum some, in that one. Got, <laughs> got some vigor in it, huh? All right. Well, unless Alex has a really stirring question to ask us, I think we've. Oh no, sorry, no. No, we're good. Okay, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you played everybody. <laughs> everybody, everybody. Do it out now, quickies. Tim. Keep looking out now. We discuss one main movie, but we always have other movies that we've seen during the week. So we have a segment called Out of Quickies. Tim. Abe, have you seen any other movies this week? I did. I saw Nebraska with Bruce Dern and Will Forte, and it's a, it's a good movie. Pretty solid. Everything that Alexander Payne has been doing has been uh, pretty good so far. And again, this is another character, I guess, dissection. It's very, uh, it's very actor-focused. No special effects or anything. But yeah, it's all black and white as well. Uh, I, I highly recommend it. What do you think? Uh, Academy Award nomination for Bruce Dern? A nomination, sure. I, yeah, nomination for sure. Yeah, I mean, if they don't, that'd be that'd be a bummer because he does a great job in this. Also, what about uh, June? So, so does his wife. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, June Squibb seems like she's picking up more momentum than Dern is at this point. Uh, well, because it's so unexpected. I mean, I don't, I don't really know who that. I didn't, I didn't know about that actress. So, um, she definitely stands out in the film. She's a lot of, let's say, colorful language. Yeah, she has a showy role. Yeah. Oh, I also I also want to point out that the librarian's just so she's so sweet. Not I, the librarian, I, but the newspaper woman. Yeah, I, I liked she's her too, actually. So sweet. Yeah, and there's and there's a look she gives at the end of the film that I yes, it just really like it really made it before, it really made it work for me because I, I really like that film quite a bit. Agreed. More I think about it. There you go, TM. Hey. <laughs> Mark, have you seen any other movies this week? Uh, yeah, recently? I saw. I did. Um, I recently saw Blue is the Warmest Color. Oh. And I actually really enjoyed it. Um, it definitely, it's kind of a, um, it's it's not a movie for everybody, and it, it is it's very long, and and there's definitely some uh, parts of it that are a little bit uh, I don't know just uh, racy. I guess is the the nicest way to put it. <laughs> yeah. But but it really uh, it details this relationship in such a raw and honest way, and. A lot of the movie is just dialogue, and it's interesting that – and generally, I, I tend to – I'm often the person that says, oh, you know, if it's over two hours, I start – I feel like the, a good editor needs to deal with that. But here's an example of a movie where um, it could have probably been a little shorter, but I didn't mind the length. And I think some of the scenes go on for a really long time because there are these uh, these discussions that the, the, the two girls have, and they're actually really interesting, and it's it's not – I don't know if if you were to read the script just on a piece of paper, it may not seem as interesting as these actresses make it out to be. They're really good. I agree. I, haven't, I actually haven't talked about Blue's the Warmest Color that much, but I, I really enjoyed the film as well. Alex, did you see Blue's the Warmest Color? Yeah, I love Blue's the Warmest Color. Nice. On my top ten, in in my top five. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love it. Like, find out the rest. It's not out yet, but yes, it's on, it's on there. Do you have any others, Mark? Um, I also saw uh, The Wind Rises, which yeah. is su- supposedly the final film uh, by... Hayao Miyazaki. Hayao yes, thank-, thank you. Hayao Miyazaki. Miyazaki. Okay, yeah. And um, 
and I, I, I enjoyed that also. It's uh, I'm not, to be honest, I'm not the biggest anime fan, so I'm probably not the best person to ask, you know, whether or not to see an anime film. Um, but I actually did enjoy this. It's actually a little bit more, it, it's based on an actual person. It's a little bit more biographical and less fantasy oriented than his other stuff. And I did appreciate the sort of attention to time and, and detail that the film has. It's definitely in direct contrast to, you know, like a Disney uh, animated film or even Pixar because it, it has such a, it's almost like a live action film. Um, and that makes it kind of interesting to me because it's so different. Um, but yeah, I, I actually, I, I liked it quite a bit. I think fans of anime would even view this film as maybe one of the best of the year. But yeah, that's something I, I would definitely recommend. Uh, Alex, any other any movies you've seen this week that you can talk about? Um, yeah, well, I mean, I don't know how much I can really say, but screw it. Uh, <laughs> no, I saw The Wolf of Wall Street um, oh, yeah. a couple days ago. And, oh, uh, dying to see that. Yeah, it's some crazy shit, let me tell you. Uh, <laughs> it's it's three hours of like pure debauchery, literally. Yes! <laughs> um, in the most insane way you can imagine, but there's just some wild, wild, crazy good shit in it. Um, and DiCaprio is fantastic. Uh, I think Jonah Hill should get special mention for being unique. Like the whole ensemble I, cast yeah, is unique. I agree. There's even there's this like Spike Jones cameo out of nowhere, <laughs> and he's fantastic. <laughs> Rob Reiner's in it in this great role. Rob Reiner's really funny. In it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, there's all these people you had no it's just so it, it there's just so much going on in it and it's it's just nuts. It's Matthew McConaughey, how is he? He's I mean, great, but he's only in the first bit of it. I mean, yeah, okay. he's he's hardly in it, just like a lot of the supporting cast. <laughs> yeah. <in this> movie. <laughs> He it just seems like those... he, it seems like he's the biggest name that you could also promote on this movie, so they need to play him up, but he's really not yeah. into that much. It wasn't until like halfway through that I'm like, oh wait, we haven't seen him in a while, we're probably not going to see him again because oh. he was good for a brief moment, but. Uh, no, the rest of it is great. It's it's nuts. I don't. I can't. I don't know how why people are going so overboard on comparing it to certain Scorsese classics on like Casino level, you know. But it's not. I don't. I don't feel like it's that level. But it's, it is good. Good in every possible way it can be. So I support it <laughs> and have fun when you're watching it. Do some drugs before me. No, no, no. I don't. <laughs> That was actually the one big one I wanted to see. And then I saw Hobbit again, which we'll get to. So Okay. I've seen a few things. Um, last week I mentioned Man of Tai Chi was coming out to Blu-ray and DVD. And I told Abe that I should probably go, I'm going to probably go rent that. So I did. I did rent it that night, and I watched it. This is the directorial debut of Keanu Reeves making just a martial arts movie. And I really liked it a lot. It's just a lot of fun. It's just a solid... Is it actually good? Yeah, it's good. It's like a legit, like fun martial arts movie. It's kind of it really. It's indebted to a lot of like older, old school martial arts films. But it, I mean, it does it does the job. If you like wanted to see a straight up martial arts movie, that's not like that's not too complicated. It's that's just not like the it's classic just... Cam Gigante's Never Back Down. Yeah, yeah, it's better than Cam Gigante's Never Back Down. <laughs> no, it's just it's just a solid movie. It's well shot. You, you wing pings. Uh, martial arts choreography is just in play here. The actions, it's it's nice. It's nice to register action sequences in a martial arts movie that you know I'm, counts. I'm highly interested now that you've mentioned uh, Win Ping. So it's just, it's good, it's, yeah. and I, I like Keanu Reeves' villain character. It's it's fun. So. Cool. Um, I saw American Hustle, which we'll talk about more oh, yeah. in the coming weeks. But it, it's the second best Martin Scorsese film that I've seen this week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Wolf of Wall Street. I did see as well, and we'll get to that as well. But yes, I also really liked it. 
I saw Philomena, finally. I feel like I've been putting that off for a bit because of, I don't know, being in Africa. I did. That's the Stephen Frears film with Judy Dench and Steve Coogan. I really like that film, actually. I thought it was well a well-done drama. Mark, I think you've seen that, too, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. I liked it. Fine. Yeah. It, it, yeah. I, it's not going to end up in my top ten or anything, but, but it, I thought it was well done. I like Judy Dench in it. Yeah. Although, you know, I, I'm so used to Judy Dench being such a kind of a badass and in this movie she's <laughs> not she's she's much more she's not kicking of, ass and taking names in this movie no she's a little bit more warm and sweet um it's exactly so it's, yeah i would not have expected that <laughs> i like in chronicles of riddick yeah <laughs> disappearing and everything no i know what you mean mark but yeah <laughs> and i agree probably it won't make my top 10 but i think i think it's just a it's a nice movie it's a nice drama and i, I like what it was doing her, the interplay between her and Steve Coogan is good because they're such kind of opposites on the, the spectrum of thought. It's, and so how they interact is kind of interesting. And Steve Coogan co-wrote it, too. I didn't know this at all. Like, I felt like I'm so under the radar on Philomena. Like, Yeah, I think this is kind of a personal project for him. I think yeah. he really responded to the actual story. Yeah, it's and, based off a true story, yeah. Um, I wasn't going to mention this, but I, keep, I saw the trailer four times this week, so I think I need to now. August to Sage County. Um, which is the Meryl Streep, Julie Roberts, and like everybody else movie. Um, I only want to. I'm not going to mention this in terms of rating, but I want to mention this in terms of what's being sold as the trailer because it it's basically being sold as like this good time holiday movie where everyone kind of makes digs at each other, but they're all great I... together. Yeah, <laughs> and it's we, not. We talked about the trailer like a month ago, and the trailer looks incredibly depressing. So the, I don't know you if have seen the, it. The first trailer was incredibly depressing. The one I'm seeing now, I have seen it. The first, the one I'm seeing now is like really selling up the fact that like you'll probably laugh and have a good time with your family if you see this family that's dysfunctional, but they still love each other. That's not the movie that August of Sage County is. Duly and... noted. <laughs> you can't fool me, Hollywood. <laughs> I mean, it's written by Tracy Letts, so... Yeah, Marcus, you know, Marcus, anything... Marcus Robinson's favorite screenwriter. Yeah, and if you, I mean, watch Killer Joe, Bug, he's not... I mean, it's not oh. that dark, but I mean, it's... He's not warm and fuzzy, though. Yeah. And I saw Saving Mr. Banks, which I liked more than I expected. I was expecting to. I'll just put it there. There you go. Here's on now, Quiggies. Tim? Let's do a little trailer talk. Trailer talk, trailer talk. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Each week we can discuss some of the newest trailers... And uh, what we thought of them when they're coming out. And we got a lot of big ones, actually. But we're going to talk about three of them. These are the three ones that came out from Warner Brothers, which made sense given that they had their big, their Warner Brothers had their big Hobbit movie coming out this week. And um, yeah, which order to it? Uh, let's just, let's, let's start with Edge of Tomorrow. How about that? Random reverse order. Random reverse order. Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. This is the film from director Doug Lyman starring Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt. It's basically Starship Troopers meets Groundhog's Day. That's the quick way to say it. With that said... <laughs> Shoot over to Alex first. Alex, what do you think of the trailer for Edge of Tomorrow? I think it's a good trailer. They cut a good trailer, and it's not just a teaser; it's like a full-on trailer. Um, yeah. And I, I don't know. I, I'm uh, I'm hopeful that it's good, uh, but um, I'll admit that I have some friends who saw test screenings of it and said it's not good. But that may be just an early cut of it, and it's just like you know they put it together. So I mean, but it's Doug Lyman where I'm not that confident in him to begin with. I'll be totally honest. Um, but when I, yeah, but when I see it, but it's like, hey, it, it it could be cool. It could be really cool. It could be if everything comes together the way it should, and the whole like time loop story works the well the way it should, and it all like plays out, and by the end you get this cool revelation. Sure. So let's hope it works. <laughs> I think it looks good. Mark, um, I like Doug Lyman. Um, he did 
uh, a movie called Fair Game a few years ago with uh, Sean Penn and then Naomi Watts, and I actually enjoyed that. And he's done, I mean, he did Go, which I, I really love, and love Go, Mr. Yeah. Mr. and Mrs. Smith. So uh, this seems like something that I, I might be interested in. I wasn't really crazy about um, uh, Tom Cruise's last uh, movie, but... Um, Oblivion. Oblivion, yeah. I didn't care for that very much, but... This seems kind of different, and I also feel like the the director will also have some effect on that. So I'm I, I'm I'm curious about it. Abe, it looks interesting, and uh, I don't know how to feel about it because I didn't I like everything up until the part where it says like live, die, repeat, and I was like, well, this is kind of stupid. Also, it gave me vibes of Source Code, which uh, we we talked about. It's like episode number six or something like that. Yeah, that we did. Um, but the Mech Warrior suits, and you know, I'm a big fan of. Uh, I guess these awesome outlandish robot battles. So I'm kind of I'm kind of on board, but at the same time, I just I, I'm kind of weary too. Um, I agree with Mark in terms of I like Doug Lyman in general, actually. Um, and like Jumper and everything. I don't love Jumper, but if Jumper's watchable, <laughs> Mr. Mrs. Jumper is I like worst. Mr. And Mrs. Smith quite a bit. Four, no, Four Night Enemy is a great movie. <laughs> I mean, he did Swingers, so he gets like eternal credit in my book. So, but, right. okay, and, okay. I, and, I, and I love Go. Um, I did I the concept I like time loop concepts I like seeing that kind of play out so I'm that that has me curious for sure. Um, the trailer it really started to remind me of Battle L A. Um, our first ep- our first episode Abe. yeah <laughs> um, by with kind of some of the use of the way it was scored and stuff so I was like well I hope it's not that but with that said I mean I I like the the basic concept I like kind of the imagery I was seeing and I mean I'm, I'm I'm curious for sure. I'm not going to not see it. I, I like these kind of movies, so I mean, we'll, we'll see where it goes. Uh, but yeah, that's Edge of Tomorrow. That uh, formerly titled "All You Need Is Kill," um, <laughs> and that arrives in theaters June 6, 2014, in 3D, of course. Um, moving on, let's go to let's go to this one. Let's go to Jupiter Ascending. This is a new film from the Wachowski Starship. I'll just read the IMDb description. In a universe where humans are near the bottom of the evolutionary ladder, a young, destitute human woman is targeted before assassination by the queen of the universe because her very existence threatens to end the queen's reign. Epic. That's deep. Right? <laughs> Start with Mark. Mark, what do you think of this trailer? Um, It, it looks okay. I, I'm not super excited about it. I'm not... I, I don't know. I, I it Somehow I feel like it's... It's going to be a little bit uh, of a disappointment, and I, I can't explain why. But I just, I'm not gut really... feelings. I get it. It's just, yeah, I can't explain it. But yeah, that's all I'll say. Alex, <laughs> I'm the exact opposite, but I'm a huge Wachowski apologies, basically for, uh, and I'll defend any and everything they make. But um, no, I think I don't know. I, I'm the exact opposite, and when I see this, I feel like there's something to it that they're hinting at that, like, we still have no ideas there. And I don't want to say like, oh, this is the next Matrix because this, are we ever going to see that? But uh, like, there's some cool stuff they're doing in it, and there's like little teases of it, and especially like the sort of a Matrix comparison in the way he starts out, like in the real world, and then they sort of bring him to the the other side of like the the sci-fi world where he's they explain at one point in the trailer where it said something like oh uh when you uh discover that you're not the only planet in the solar system or something like that so there's that cool reveal i don't know i think it could be cool but uh, i have no idea it's such a weird looking original thing and then my other concern is that it's such a like snow white story that 
it could just be the Snow White story, and then that's kind of boring. <laughs> so I don't want it to be just that. But I think the visuals look really cool. I'm I'm excited for it for that reason. If uh, I'm not super blown away by it either, but I do appreciate I guess what they're doing with story, and also I, I really appreciate what the Wachowski Starship is doing in terms of films and just taking chances on things, like the way that uh, James Cameron kind of did Avatar and. Um, you know, just making things out of uh, using technology to its finest, I suppose. So that's where I really appreciate uh, the trailer. But for the most part, I mean, it's kind of it kind of gave me some vibes of sort of like Pan's Labyrinth as well. It's like almost Chantaine almost looks like a fawn or some kind of dude with awesome ears and just taking people to to different worlds to save them. So we'll see what happens. But if anything, I do you know I do think that they the Wachowski Starship is doing some cool stuff. And I hope that they just continue to do the cool stuff instead of just doing everything that people want to see and it, this or that. Well, I'd like to see the Wachowskis direct something that wasn't set in the near future. Just hmm. go jump out of. I just some little bit like okay, we've done the Matrix and V for Vendetta and and Cloud Atlas. See had Cloud aspects. Atlas. <laughs> that yeah. had a couple of periods in it that they directed. Yeah, well, and I don't know, I can't remember which ones Tom Twyker did and which ones they did, but... They did the, um, they did the ones in the past and the ones in the future. Well, Tom right. did the ones in the past, they did, right? No, they no, did they, Bound Twy- in the very beginning of their career, and that was sort of different. And, I don't know, I'd like them to maybe explore something like a crime thriller again or something a little bit out of what they've been doing for the last, you know, whatever. But, I mean, it could be great. I'm not, I haven't, I'm not writing it off, just... It just seems like, it's just, it seems so expected of them. I um I've been on record. I I love the Wachowskis' directorial work. I I've liked every one of their movies, and as far as directing has gone, um I think something that they excel at is world building, and yeah. that is something that excites me about Jupiter Ascending. Like regardless of how, regardless of if the story is either generic or something something completely different, I like the idea of them creating some kind of universe, and I think that that's something that's going to be. That can probably most likely be praised in this film, regardless of how good the actual story of it is. That said, I haven't disliked stories that they've told in their movies either. So, I mean, I, I'm genuinely excited for this. I, I like what I've seen here. I, I can't say that the trailer is like the best thing I've ever seen, but it, it did excite me. And um, I joked that it was uh, Jane Carter from Jupiter. And um, But then again, <laughs> I, I, I like John Carter, so we'll see. <laughs> Jupiter Sending arrives uh, July 18th, 2014. Another part of the summer. Next, lastly, we have Godzilla. This is the newest rendition of Godzilla, uh, now directed by Gareth Edwards, who owned the indie flick Monsters from a few years back now. With a Z? With a Z, yeah, that's how it was. It was a backward <laughs> Z, too. It was crazy. Um, <laughs> this, film stars, <laughs> this film stars Aaron Johnson, Elizabeth Olsen, Brian Cranston, Ken Watanabe, among others. And it's just a you know another modern take on that Godzilla movie. I assume that there's less Hank Azaria this time around, but I'd kind of be sad if that was true. Uh, with all that said, let's start with Abe this time. Abe, what do you think of the trailer? The use of 2001 Space Odyssey was, was a great idea. The only thing is, uh, yeah, I don't know if it's going to live up to those expectations. I mean, we've seen the what, previous what, Godzilla. Huh? What? What? No, no, no. I mean, just in terms of the the, I, I don't really know this guy's directorial qualities. I haven't seen Monster. I said, who said like 2001 Space Odyssey? Where would that come from? Isn't that where? Is that the, the, the music? music? Yeah, in the trailer. Oh, it is. Okay. <laughs> yeah, when they're when doing the, the the plane jump. So. Yeah. Anyway, it um, is. You're right. Of, yeah, I was blanking. My bad. That's right. Uh, a lot of great visuals. I'm kind of a little bit concerned about the storyline. I don't know what's going to happen here, but 
The visuals look great. Again, I don't know the directorial, the, the, I don't know the directorial, I guess, uh, qualities of this director. Um, but I, I think he's been a lot of like, he's been doing a lot of like, uh, visual department stuff. Uh, so a little bit of a concern, but at the same time, good on you, cause you made a pretty, pretty cool trailer. So, yeah, uh, I hope that it's good. I hope, like, fingers crossed. Alex? <laughs> um, this is, aside from Interstellar, this is my favorite trailer of all that will release this week. Just because it's such a, like, excellently cut trailer to build excitement. You know, they, like, the way it opens with this drop with these guys, and, I mean, I, it made me think that, speaking of the story, I was wondering the same thing. I'm like, what... What is the story going to be if if we know it's Godzilla and the, and the guy is there? Like, what are we going to follow these guys around? And I was thinking, like, wouldn't that be cool if the movie starts out and that's what happens is they drop these guys in and he's basically like already attacked the city and you follow this group of um, like soldiers as they try to sort of find people and get out and like figure out what's going on with these monsters and whatever. Um, my only thing with it. And I have to say this because I think Aaron, I don't know if you were there at Comic Con, saw I was, the footage yeah, too. I, I saw both of them. Both. Yeah, but it. but I'm a little bit frustrated that we know because we've seen it at Comic Con, there are multiple monsters in this movie. All right, I'm like I'm gonna put it out Spoiler there. I'm sorry alert. if you didn't. Yeah, I know, but it's like <laughs> they. I I think they're gonna try and cover it up, but I think it's just part of the movie, and it's like a part of the plot in a sense where it's not a spoiler. It's like it's like part of what happens. And and I'm worried that they're going to try and cover it up for too long when it's too, like they should be hinting at it in the way they did at the Comic Con footage. Like there should have been one little shot where you're like, oh, that's not a Godzilla leg. Like who could that be? But no, of course it was like just the it was the same Godzilla shot from two and a half years ago. So it's like they're they they were doing great and then they replayed the last footage in the end of it, which I'm like, no, why why more of this? We've seen it. That's my only complaint. But otherwise, it's a great trailer. I love it, Mark. I think there's sort of an inherent difficulty to market a film called Godzilla because people sort of already know what that is. And yeah. I don't know how people feel about the 98 film by Roland Emmerich. But one of, my, one of the best ever, right? Yeah, <laughs> I don't have rosy recollections of that. And it's still kind of fresh in my mind, even though it actually I looked it up, came out 15 years ago, which is like, you know, a long time ago. But somehow it still seems fresh in my mind. With that said, though, the trailer is pretty good. I mean, they did a really good job of kind of giving it kind of a, a mysterious... I don't know. They they did a good job of it. And it. in fact, I watched the trailer. I didn't even know what I was watching at first. And I was kind of like, oh, wow, this looks kind of interesting. And then it kind of hits you with Godzilla at the end and the, and the lizard, like, making a sound. And I, and I kind of like, oh, I sort of checked out a little bit at that point. But, but up until that moment, I was kind of on board. So... You know, the good job on the on the person who cut the trailer because it, it's really well done. I agree that I think the trailer is very well done. I, I've been excited about this movie just because of my involvement with Comic Con, which is which it's not obviously yeah, I can influence exactly. every. It's not, yeah, obviously not everyone can be influenced in the same way that we have been. But um, <laughs> yeah. with that said, I think it's a, I sorry. Think it's, I think it's a very good trailer. <laughs> but with that, but something I like about it is it seems like it's treating it like a disaster movie, which is how it pretty much should be treated. And in the same way that I guess world war Z could be considered a disaster movie more than a zombie movie. But that said world war Z has source material that I was frustrated with the movie because of this doesn't really have that besides the fact that you just need a giant lizard and, you know, social commentary to go with it. So I like that there's, you know, a fresher way to come at this story. And it seems like they're trying to approach it that way. 
Gareth Edwards, I like monsters quite a bit. Um, that doesn't necessarily make me think, oh, he can easily do a Godzilla movie, but, you know, so from what I've seen so far, I'm excited about it, so. Yeah, uh, I, I like the trailer quite a bit. A good cast going on here, too. I mean, we haven't, obviously haven't seen really much of anything from them in this trailer. It's just kind of a teaser, but we'll see. Yeah, Godzilla, that opens May 16th, 2014. So, uh, yeah, we could. Trailers from May, June, and July. So we're, we're done with that. All right, let's move on. <laughs> Got that out of the way here. Let's get to it now. Let's go get to our main review of The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smaug. Smaug. There is no king under the mountain, nor will there ever be. It will not end here. With every victory, this evil will grow. Legolas has grown very fond of me. Do not give him hope where there is none. You have no right to enter that mountain. I have the only right. We've been blind. In our blindness, our enemy has returned. I found something in the Goblin Tunnel. What did you find? My courage. Good. You'll need it. That should have been sent with the trailer for The Hobbit, The Destination of Smoog. This second out of three Hobbit films picks up where the first left off. The collective of dwarfs, one wizard, and one hobbit continue on their path to the Lonely Mountain. With new obstacles in their way during their journey, Gandalf actually makes his exit early on as he goes to explore evil elsewhere. But new characters are introduced as well, including Evangeline Lilly as a she-elf, Lee Pace as a king-elf, and Orlando Bloom making his return as the flipping elf, among others. All of this leads to an eventual confrontation with Smaug, the stupendous dragon who is awoken from his slender, slender, slumber and all fiery about it. Alex Billington, were you impressed with Jackson's handling of the middle chapter of this trilogy? <laughs> Oof. Posing me a tough, uh, tough question. No, um, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I liked it. I liked it. Um, it's and it's so hard, and I'm I'm happy to talk about it, but it's it's so weird to sit here and know that you know a year from now we'll finish the story and it will be completely different, having seen all of it together and the extended versions. Because it's like, I enjoy this one, but it's such a, like, tease, <laughs> I hate to say. Um, but that said, there are some fantastic moments in it. I love the whole barrel riding sequence, uh, and I love everything with Smog in the last, Smog in the last 30 minutes. Um, <laughs> however, Smog, Smig, Smig, uh, uh, yeah, no, there's, there's a lot of great stuff to it, and, and I like that it moved a lot more swiftly than the first movie, as in it's, and, and, I mean, obviously that's because we're already on this adventure, but it just sort of starts and you're already going and there's a lot to go through, and, um, yeah, it's a great journey, and I had a great time. I enjoy it quite a bit. I'm, I love spending time in Middle Earth, and this was a good time in Middle Earth. <laughs> though I, though I admit I do want to see the extended versions. I wish I could watch them right, right now. Mark, um, I liked it fine, but I was actually less impressed with this uh, episode. And I really kind of yeah. And I think one of the things that I kind of realized as I was watching it. Peter Jackson is more concerned with making a prequel to Lord of the Rings than actually recreating The Hobbit. And that has sort of influenced everything that he does about this film. And it becomes this, I mean, it, we, we can keep bringing up the same sort of uh, problems with the, the series as people have brought up in the first time around. But 
we're taking a story that is a children's book that is very short. I mean, you could read that book in probably like two hours and stretching it out into like a close to a nine-hour thing. So it's becoming very big, and there's not a whole lot happens in this this story. I mean, there's more events, and there's more action, and it gets to the action faster. I agree with all of that. But what happens? I mean, they fight they fight some spiders. They 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 go down in the barrels, and the, there are different uh, vignettes in the film that are exciting. But added up as a whole, I, I just sort of feel like, wow, this is basically five chapters of a book stretched out to almost three hours. And I was really, by the end, I was like, I was checking my watch like every 10 minutes. I was I was ready for this thing to be over. And I, I did, I, I still appreciated the film, and I'm, I'm going to be there for the third entry. And, you know, I, I like aspects to it. But I was definitely, I was disappointed by the film overall. And I feel like there there were definitely probably a lot of flaws that could have been remedied with maybe some editing and and a little bit more, I don't know. He's just, I feel like I said it in the beginning of my little rant, but he he's really making a prequel to Lord of the Rings. And that's not, and maybe because I read the, I've read The Hobbit, that's sort of influencing my, my view, but I, I have to, I have to review it as, as my own take on it. And I just don't feel like it is The Hobbit anymore. Quick, quick question. Does this change your regard at all for the first film? Well, the first film, you know, I had problems with the first hour. I felt like it took forever to get started. But then once that happened, I thought there actually were more affecting moments. The uh, discussion between Bilbo and uh, Smeagol was really good. Like, that was a highlight of that film, and I enjoyed it a lot. The discussion between Bilbo and the dragon at the end, not, not really, I wasn't really feeling it. I actually was kind of bored with it. I thought the dragon was beautifully animated. I, I will give it that. And I thought it, it's Benedict Cumberbatch does a great job at speaking the lines. And, and that's all, a, you know, a modern marvel of CGI. But as far as an affecting character that I was drawn into and, and really cared about what they were saying, I wasn't feeling it. Abe? Uh, I'm, I'm kind of there with Mark. Uh, and I don't have as much... Uh disdain for i don't know if it's disdain i, I didn't like it well, i didn't dislike I, it as i don't much have as disdain Mark. for it i mean i i did like it but it, right. it, it i was i really had high high expectations and i actually kind of walked into the film uh based on people saying it was better than the original and me loving the original thinking okay i'm gonna walk out of this just like give it ready to give it five stars and it was far from i'm far from five stars I kind of walked into the film kind of thinking, this is the middle of the piece. There's probably going to be some action sequences, but I know that there's a third one coming up, so they, they can't give me everything. And But even going into it, I don't know if I wasn't excited for anything that happened in the movie, and that's kind of what I left away, or that's kind of my, my big takeaways. There was just nothing in it that really interested me until you get to Smaug, Smaug, and that's probably the best part of the movie. And I feel that way largely because you have so many characters in this one. More than just the, the dwarves and Frodo and Gandalf in the first one. You have all these elves, you have all these humans, you have these Urukai, all these orcs, etc. And also, everyone has a weird adventure that they go on in themselves. And it becomes very much, like, I don't know, it becomes very piecemeal to some degree. Because you don't really do too much with Frodo, not Frodo, you don't really do too much with Bilbo as much. He's there, and he does save the day from time to time, but... 
it's not so much a tale of lighthearted happiness and fun. There, there's no songs in this one. There's no Goblin King. There's no like fun eating sequences. It's all <laughs> very serious. We needed more Goblin King this time. Well, I, I'm just saying, like he's got a song in the first one, and that one I wasn't in, expecting. But in I was the like, extended hey, cool. version he does. I didn't see any song in the regular. Oh, version. Oh, true. Yeah, in the extended version. He does. He does. But for the most part, it's it's kind of a tale of everybody in the second one, and that I kind of was uh, not that thrilled about. So, I mean, I'm waiting for the third one, and I, I really like the small stuff. I mean, the CGI is great. Um, Martin Freeman does a great job as Bilbo. Like, there are some moments where he just does things with his face. Um, but for the most part, yeah, it's just, so many things are happening in this movie. And also, stupid love triangles are occurring, which I don't think need to be there. So, I, I, mean, I don't hate it, but I, I certainly wish that they had made it a little bit more concise. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of movie here, that's for sure. Um, I so I re-listened to our podcast last year that we did for the first Hobbit movie, and I was I was alone in my in my thoughts of it just being merely average. And um, despite the world, despite going back to Middle Earth, which I enjoy, and despite having the Gollum scene among other things that I appreciated about the film, I was kind of like, yeah, all right, let's yeah, let's see what's going on next. And I really wanted this film to be like the two towers of the series. By that I mean, because I like the two towers more than Fellowship. So I wanted this one to be like, yeah, this is even better than the last one. And I kind of like the last one. Um, and it just was more of the same. That was my reaction to it. Like, it certainly has a... It moves at a better clip, I guess, just because a lot of the setup's out of the way. And, like, it has obvious highlights like the river barrel sequence and Smaug and other things. But it just, like... It comes down to I don't really care about this story all that much, and I'm just watching a movie that's about setting up puzzle pieces or to on a game board so I can be ready to see what's going to happen in the end game for the next film, and that's you know it's it's fine because the action's pretty rousing and the there's some fun to be had, but I just I'm not really into this to, to what's going on here, and I, it's because as Mark's kind of pointed out, there's such a it's really stretching the material thin here, and so. I don't care about a lot of these characters. I don't know the names of most of these characters. Um, I just, you know, if there's a recognizable actor, I'll be like, oh, there's Stephen Fry. All right, that's nice. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, you get... There's to, Luke Evans. There's Luke Evans. Uh, who I liked, actually. I think, I think his bard was... Oh, we'll, despite, we'll get despite, to bard. Despite not caring oh, yeah. for, like, the three hours of Lake Town that I was spending. Listen to me! You must listen! Have you forgotten what happened to Dale? Have you forgotten those who died in the firestorm? And for what purpose? The blind ambition of a mountain king. So riven by greed, he could not see beyond his own desire. You have no right. No right to enter that mountain. He's going to be very important in the third one. Oh, I know. It was very obvious from the, yeah, the, very, the very. from the not very careful setting up of oh, the dragon has one weakness and there's ancestors and blah blah blah. <laughs> like, I, it's very it's very painfully obvious what's going to happen in these next movies. Even though I haven't read the material, so maybe, I don't know. Maybe we'll do some kind of pull some great trick and I'll find out something new. But um, they're yeah, gonna, they're going to usual suspect you. Your your coffee mug is just going to drop as you're watching. Yeah, Bard was smog the whole time. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> He lost his limp. But there's a lot, like, so, okay, I'll say this. The, because I, last year, I had a problem with, um, what's his name? Thorin. Gruffy old Thorin. Uh, and I was also standing alone at this. And this, so, like, the one, one of the few things this movie did, like, a lot better was it gave me reason to care about Thorin. Like, 
I the it, movie should be called Thorin. Yeah, the Thorin, not, not the Hobbit. <laughs> Thor, Thorin, Thorin and Bilbo Adventures. Yeah. You can listen to this naysayer, but I promise you this: if we succeed, all will share in the wealth of the mountain. <laughs> You will have enough gold to rebuild Escaroth ten times over. But that, but it wasn't. So say there's like with Lord of the Rings and um, uh, Aragorn's character. It wasn't called that though. But you got his story. I mean, the third one was this called The Return of Aragorn. I mean, The King. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but, I know, but, no, but... No, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously it's an all-encompassing kind of thing. This one, I mean. I know, like, Abe, you kind of, or who said it? Someone said it. Like, Martin Free, like, the, Mark said it. Um, the Hobbit's not really in The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smog, all that much. He has his moments. Yeah, that too. But I do think that, I do think... And Mark everything he does is responding to Thorin's commands. Like, Thorin says, go into the, you know, mountain and do this. And in the book, it's a little different, but... It's like Cinderella. Do the dishes. Do the mopping. Okay. <laughs> They always keep her hopping. <laughs> I was gonna say, what do you want though? Do you do you really want him to divert from the book so much, where like it becomes Bilbo's quest of his own? I don't know. That'd be weird. No, I want him to stick to the book. I, I I wish it I wish it was one movie. I wish he would have just directed one like <laughs> two hour movie. I'm curious what it would have been if it was the original two movies that they were planning, just because you you're adding all these other like you're adding the Toriel character played by Evangeline Lilly, who I like quite a bit, but like it, I mean. Well, that's an interesting thing too, because like I'm kind of playing both sides of the field here, because I actually liked Toriel. Though I actually liked that love triangle of Toriel and I actually I know this doesn't make any do, sense yeah. because none of that is in the book. That is just all added. Well, it, I actually, it's just strange because all the elves hate dwarves, and so here's there's a lot of they, dwarf they have, in this. They movie. have yeah, they have like one scene where it's like, hey, look, here's a magic ring my mom gave me, so I'm gonna give it back. It's like. Oh, let me tell you about everything I love about Starlight. It's like, hmm, okay. But I think that was some rare. That was a rare moment where actors actually got to act. Where Killy and uh, Toriel and Legolas, there is some actual human, like a uh, human emotion, but elf and dwarf emotion. <laughs> um, you know, in being imbued into the script. Whereas so much of the picture is let's fight spiders, let's float down the river in barrels. You know, let's do this and and let let me climb to the top of this tree and see butterflies flying around. And those are all gorgeous scenes. And I, you know, it, enjoyed the look of them. But it's just you say, I think, Abe, you said piecemeal. It, it's just like a bunch of scenes strung together and not it's not. a. That's why I like the first one better, because it was the setup. And it was like, oh, here are the different people, and let's get to know them. This is just like, okay, we're not even going to bother with getting to know these people now. We're just going to throw different adventures at, at the screen and, and just see what sticks. That's why I like the extended versions, because as weird as it is to say to add more makes clarifies what you're talking about, he in the extended, he, he, he almost like fills in those gaps where you're wondering where's more character pieces. Like There are moments where I'm watching it, Literally thinking like, oh, we just skipped a piece where I'm going to see 10 minutes later on, but for now I don't have anything and yeah. you just go to the next scene. And, th and then it feels like exactly what you're saying, which is these straight from set piece to set piece. And I definitely agree with you, Alex, sense. because yeah. if you watch uh, the Lord of the Rings extended stuff, that, th that storyline makes much more sense, especially in the Fellowship of the Ring, than the theater cut. And so there is a lot of more character development because Sam and... Sam and uh, Frodo are developed a little bit more. And I'm sure I haven't watched the extended cut of The Hobbit, but it, perhaps, you know, I, I, I have. It's good. I don't no, disagree it's... that there's more stuff that that is explained. 
Yeah, but, and know, we mentioned that there was Thorin, and it should be named Thorin. It should also be named Legolas, because... Oh my that god, guy don't plays, get me started with Legolas. That guy played, that, like, they just give that guy like tons of stuff to do in this movie. And that's part of my complaints, it's just... And why? he's not in The Hobbit. That character, oh, it's not? Okay. That, no, that's, ask, Peter, like, wow. that's Peter Jackson trying to make this into a prequel. It has He has no business being in The Hobbit. So yeah. Well, I mean, I agree with that, too, because there's a, there's a point, actually, I wanted to bring up. Um, I do agree with Mark on that point of, hey, why is this so much like The Hobbit, or why is this so much like Lord of the Rings when it should just be its own separate film? And one of the things that I didn't like was when they talked to one particular dwarf, and they're like, who's this? Your brother? It's like, no, that's my wife. It's like, who's this? Your brother's brother? It's like, no, that's my son, Gimli. It's like, give me a break. It's fan service. I don't mind that kind of stuff necessarily. And it's like, I see like that doesn't take, like, uh-huh. you know, it doesn't take 18 minutes to go through. The Legolas stuff. It got a stuff, laugh, too. It does. I got a laugh yeah. in my theater and a little and a little applause. The Legolas stuff is just like, it, I don't mind him being in it if he's going to serve some kind of function, but here he just kind of glowers when, like, this when some dwarf's looking at his girl. And, like... That's, like, all he's doing. And he's doing these awesome, like, fight moves. And, like, when did, when did Lego... Like, he doesn't have Gimli to bounce off of. So there's just nothing to this yeah. guy now. Now he's just this guy that's kind of a dick because he's just jumping over <laughs> and doing, like, the most elaborate parkour moves possible but in order to solve his problem. Cool. He's a super cool elf. Well, I mean, yeah, but now it just seems cocky as opposed to, like, playful fun with him and Gimli trying to one-up each other. And that's... That, though, I mean, just his action sequences, the way that they're choreographed. Yeah, because because Peter Jackson's a good action director. That doesn't doesn't make... There was continued use of Legolas throughout the the second and third acts of the film. It's just, he's there a lot. I know he's... Yeah, that's my... I mean, give me a dwarf that could do, you know, these same kind of moves and stuff. I'd watch that. Why do I need to see, like... Well, they could, but then he's been been shot with an arrow. (laughs) (laughs) One of the things that I was also laughing a lot about, and let's get to uh, Bard, is just... uh, Bard is a cool guy, yeah. He's a cool character because he's a human, but at the first time, the first time I see him, I thought he was an elf because he uses a bow. Later, this is like, nobody in the theater laughed, but I laughed when when uh, his son and he are in the kitchen. He's like, he pulls a black arrow from the ceiling. It's almost as if, like, kids, you guys have never noticed there's a black arrow in your dad's kitchen the entire <laughs> time you guys have been alive. There were some he grapes and it, stuff on it. What are you talking but, about? But he just pulls it down, like, like, liggity split. He's like, I gotta do it. I know what I gotta do. It's like, come on. Yeah, and then to, and then five minutes later, he, he, like, gives it to his kid. He's like, hide it until future use. <laughs> Set up for some suspense. I like the town and, you know, the, I like the setup of it, but uh, it was weird to have Stephen Fry's character and also Moriarty from BBC Sherlock there. Um, just because, again, they, they provide very little context for me to know who these people are and why I should care about them. So I just thought that it was just too much of an influx of these side well, that, characters. And that's like the weird thing. Like I'm spe- I spent like a whole bunch of time in Lake Town where I'm trying to get to know this bard character among the others. And I feel like, shouldn't I like already know like the rest of the movies, the rest of these characters from the first movie? And I don't even know them that well yet. I'm getting like more new characters. I'm spending more time with them than I have with like any of these dwarves in this movie besides Thorin and I guess Balin, 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 Balin. It's just there's a lot of there's a lot of weak characterizations here, like as opposed to like Lord yeah. of the Rings, where I liked all of these other people. I like I, exactly. I I knew who they all were, and I don't know who all these dwarves are still, <laughs> and yeah. I and I I don't know I don't know what Legolas is all about. I don't like there's all these different characters. There's this story that like goes. No, it's just like hey, let's keep going, and we got to the mountain, so that's good, I guess. But like, well, do you think it would be better if they just cut out some of those characters, or, or just don't deal with them? I mean, just have them in the background or something. I don't know what the solution is, and you know, I'm not a filmmaker, so I don't have to worry about that, but I mean, I, I know I know what I know what doesn't work for me, and what, what doesn't work is seeing this movie that seems very obviously like it should have been, 
one or two movies being turned into three movies, and it's very thin because of that. Just regardless of how great the effects are, regardless of how great the action sequences are. Which well, so one of the, one of the things I liked about the first movie is that you kind of get a feel for Bilbo is this sort of nobody. He's just this guy plucked from obscurity, and he's he's got to kind of come into his own. And he's Alex that, and a lazy boy. And I, I got that from the first film, but in this one. I don't know. It just—it didn't seem like the character of Bilbo was dealt with very much. He already started at the—he—he didn't—he wasn't a nobody because we've already seen him in the first movie, so we know he's—he's he's somebody, and he's starting to kind of come into his own. But I don't know. Maybe it's because I've read the books. But there should be more about the ring and how he's starting to use it more and how it's starting to corrupt him. And I don't think you get a feel for that in this movie. Right. And it. Yeah, do you, you do though. I There's feel like I, I feel like I got. I, I feel like I, I, feel I got like that. I, get that I don't think that was that was gone from the movie. I would I would agree that there's not really like an arc for his character in this film alone, as opposed to like you get an arc for for Frodo among others in the Fellowship, and you get an arc for Frodo again in Two Towers among others. I I would agree that there's not really a. I mean, obviously, I think Thorin probably gets the most arc in this movie among, and maybe Toriel, I guess. The character right. doesn't exist in the well, books. Ev- it, Evangeline Lilly, I mean, she's very good in the role, but th- th- she's a big part of this film. I mean, I feel like she is actually her story, and then also Thorin, as we mentioned. Those are like the main characters, and Bilbo is kind of in the background. At least that's how I that's how I took the film. Again, partially, I, I, yeah, I, agree that Bil- I agree that Bilbo is more in the background in a film called The Hobbit, but I would say that I did get a sense of the ring corrupting him. I wouldn't say that that's absent. Okay. Mm-hmm. Plus, it all leads to him getting to Smaug, and he, he that like that's his big showdown. Yeah. Is yeah. like that that's his but, shining uh, moment. No what did you guys like better, the conversation between him and Smeagol, or the in the first film, or the conversation between him and the dragon? I like the dragon conversations just because they are so, like, the dragon is so dark. It just, like, wants to mess with him and then kill everyone. Whereas Gollum, you're like, you just had a couple riddles, which we all have are familiar with. They're, they're both series highlights to me. It's yeah. not, I can't really, for, for me, it's not something that I can just separate into, like, this one was better than this one. But, I, I mean, if I have to break these films down into, like, things that I like about them, there's just only a few things I can name about each of these films that I like that I think are good enough for me to recommend the film overall, which I do, because I do think that the, it, by default, this movie's better to me because there is more action, and if we're going to not have good characters and have weak story, then I might as well have something to, you know, keep me going. So the action is plenty, plentiful, and so I like that. And then you have the smog stuff, which is good, too. So. I mean, it, it looks great. I mean, the film is, as as expected, incredible How did, looking. Here's a question. How did everyone view the film this time around? <laughs> In 3D? <laughs> in 3D with HFR, without 3D? With... I couldn't find anywhere with HFR. I don't know what it, So you decided it's... straight 3D? Yeah, I, the first time I was forced 3D, and then, and then most recently I would have taken HFR, <laughs> but I couldn't, I couldn't find it within too far. Of, uh, and it's weird. It's like, I, I'm sure they're trying to hide it, but Abe? I would have liked to see it in HFR. Abe, I thought in regular, regular 2D. Mark, I assume you went for the 2D, right? Of course. Okay. I saw it too. You know, it's funny too, when I'm watching it in 2D, there was a scene with that the bumblebee and it's yep. like flying oh, at yes. the screen. I'm like, oh, okay, this is a 3D. It reminded yes. me. Like, oh, wait, those yeah. arrows. Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw 3D IMAX HFR. I, of course. And I, and I didn't. Now, I didn't expect nothing less of you. No, because I, I hated the HFR the first time around, and I hated it again, but I didn't want to see it HFR. However, they switched the projectors in my IMAX, so I no longer have like a nice giant IMAX that's 
film. It's a digital IMAX projector now. Uh, so now it's a IMAX in disguise of having a giant screen. And uh, why did they why did they do that? Other uh, because it's an old projector, I'd imagine. Oh, oh. But uh regardless, I don't care for the the high frame rate at all this time. Like same with last time and I I'm aware that Peter Jackson says he softened it this time as opposed to last time, but it still is the same exact problem with me and it makes it makes some of the action look good. I think the smog stuff looked quite good, except when there's gold involved. I think gold looks terrible in CG, apparently. Oh, bummer. Um, but again, it has that same kind of, like, everyone's moving at, like, 1.5 speed as opposed to, like, 1 speed. And it just, it worked in parts of the barrel sequence. But again, it's all, the daylight stuff, especially, where it seems the most problematic. Like, it, and in dark scenes, like, it works, kind of. But I, I can't. It's it's not something I got used to. It's not something where I'm like, oh, all right, it's been an hour. I, forget, I hardly notice it. I notice it the entire time. So I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious what audiences are thinking of HFR. But uh, you, know, you know, I haven't heard as much press about the HFR this time around. Because there's I, no reason to this time. Like the last, first time, it was the first time it was done. They're covering it up. Yeah. Well, no, they're covering it up. They're well, like, that too. It's not yeah, screening I, I think, at all yeah. for for press in they're HFR. Kind of... They're barely showing it in HFR. Like. It's a combination of people being like thrown off by it the first time and not having yeah. the greatest reaction to the first Hobbit the first time. Yeah, with the, with the exception of you three. And um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll support it, but as I said, I oddly can't find it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen it that way, so I can't say. We even talked about Gandalf at all. What do you think of Gandalf in this film? I have a question for you, Mark. Alex, did you read the book as well? No, I haven't. Okay. Uh, I read the book a long time ago, but I don't remember too much of it. But uh, I don't remember Gandalf going on a super awesome adventure to go find what's going on here. No, that's definitely a diversion. But See, that's okay. a question I have, though, because like, I know that some of that stuff's coming from the Cimmerillion and things like that. But And so in The Hobbit, does, does Gandalf just, not le- just leave and there's no explanation as to where he goes? You know, I don't remember wh- okay, why like, he left. But does he, in fact, just leave and we just don't hear from him again until... That is true, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Well, regardless, I mean, Gandalf's adventures on his own are kind of cool, just because you see how awesome of a wizard he is. Uh, But at the same time, it's like, again, why? You're making this a Lord of the Rings thing. And they even bring in Sauron at some point. It's like, why? Also not in the book. Yeah, it's like I don't, I don't, need, to, I don't to... need to see this eye repeated like. Well, for what times. I mean, for what I understand, it's the, the stuff from the Silmar, the Silmarillion and the other the things that the connecting pieces that connect it to the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it's all I... leading up to something big in the end. Which is true, and I mean, I could I could appreciate him connecting all of his films together, so you can you can spend like thirty six hours watching them straight. But <laughs> I mean, you know, the, the Necromancer I think was mentioned but just in passing and if, 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 what i remember only in passing in the hobbit and in this film it it, it it occupies a larger portion of the film and then there's a part where gandalf is looking at him and then he whispers sauron like just in case you're oh. not sure just to connect those two which is also not in the hobbit and i thought that this is just something probably only annoys me because I read the book, but th- that's not in the book, and and I guess they're trying to make the connection between the Lord of the Rings and and this. So well, I mean, you, I again, st- you keep mentioning it's not in the Hobbit, but I keep mentioning that it's it is in other material that Tolkien wrote that connects these two universes together. Like, it's, not, it's not coming out of nowhere. Oh, like, it is yeah, from he didn't somewhere. just make it up. Yeah, I understand that, but but it's sort of like it's kind of like Peter Jackson's The Hobbit instead of. Yeah. Well, most but, definitely but is. to answer your question, Aaron, I mean, I definitely enjoyed or, or Gandalf's adventures, and I'm partial to the nine, the uh, the ring wraiths because they were cool in the the Fellowship of the Ring. So when he 
Yeah, all that. So when he wow. goes to investigate, like all the nine prisons are like broken up or broken broken open. I was like, oh, this is cool. But yeah, and, nah. he just fights Azog. Azog who's everywhere. Oh, Kratos. That guy. That guy's uh, hilarious though. <laughs> I liked him more this time around, just because he like work his birds in three D. Even though it's just like nothing but CG, just talking to other pieces of CG. It's like, all right, <laughs> that's something I guess. What bothers me is that. There's no stakes here. Like, it's not like I think Gandalf's gonna die at any moment or, like, get be trapped forever in some kind of cage and become a skeleton like everybody else in that castle. Why, why didn't the necromancer kill him, though? I don't get that. I don't, I don't get a lot like of It seems like he had the ability to do it, and he didn't. And I couldn't figure out why is he keeping him alive in that cage. I have, I have no idea, especially because... He's, he's got some fine wizard weed. Because we know, like, evil Christopher, Christopher Lee's, like, up to no good, too. Is like, he knows what Gandalf's capable of. Like, I, I don't know. I don't understand a lot of things involving Gandalf, so I can only hope that the third film really goes into <laughs> what's... Uh, it won't. It won't. Like you, Gandalf. It will explain something. All right. Uh, <laughs> anything else you want to say about the Hobbit: The Desolation of Smoke? Go see it later. <laughs> yeah, I almost want want to say like wait until the next movie's out and then yeah, because <laughs> they leave you on, they leave you on kind of a cliffhanger. Like, come on, I, guys. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, I I got to say like that that is as much as I will say I enjoyed the movie. The biggest cock tease of the year is yes. this freaking ending. I, yeah. I would like, agree with you because I thought about yeah. that in the theater. I was like, "Super blue balls here, man!" It's called the Desolation of Smaug. And it's such. It's like he's like, "I'm ready to go fight," and then it's like, "Oh wait, you have to see it." What movie. have we done? Yeah. <laughs> There was, a, there was a laugh in the theater, and I'm not sure if they were laughing because they just liked it, or if they were laughing because, oh my gosh, this is ending right here, and we're ready for the next. I think chapter. people are laughing because they're like they're they're actually pulling this. Like everyone knows, they're like, oh my. There was are a you lot serious? of there was a lot of gasps in my theater and ohs, but um. Gasps. Yeah. I gotta say, I didn't mind it that much, mainly because I'm like, well, we've, we've gone on a while well, here. I don't think we're gonna go to Lake Town again. Trailers and everything, it ended up being like three hours. I was kind of like, okay, I'm actually was glad. I gotta go. Yeah. I can't think it's like, how long is this movie? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I was thinking that too. And I was like, oh, I guess, you know, they have to leave it up here. It comes down to because I don't know where the story's going necessarily either, besides what things have to happen. But I'm like, well, I think. Well, I think you, like, you sort of sort of said, you sound like you do know where it's well, going. Oh, I know how <laughs> things have to be handled because the movie's painfully <laughs> obvious in setting up how things have to be handled. But in terms of, like, when things happen, I guess, and where, and things then, I mean, there's there's things about it that uh, that still elude me, but, I mean, I'm not about to read ahead either, because I'm just stubborn that way, <laughs> so I guess we'll see. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see you next year. this time, Peter Jackson. Next December, when we all rejoin once again, and yeah, <laughs> talk exactly. about there and back again. But for now, well, let's get, what, what, what else? No, I was going to say, I'm, I'm curious to see if... If we all see the third movie in it, like for some whatever Peter Jackson brilliance pulls off, he makes it like all work together cohesively better than it does individually. And I want I'm very curious to see if we if like upon review next year we're like, Oh, you know, this this part wasn't as bad in the second movie because it leads to this, this and I'd be surprised you know, it's like I saw Return of the when I saw Return of the King, it didn't make me like Fellowship more, and I know I'm in the minority because I don't think Fellowship's as good as the other two, but <laughs> like You're it, wrong. <laughs> I can say unequivocally it's not gonna change my opinion of this film, but I am open to the fact that I may love the third movie. So 
I mean, I, I like the first one, and then this one I, I didn't like as much. So the third one I'm open. But it's not it, – nothing will change my opinion of, of what I've already seen because that exists. That's yeah. its own – I mean, the, the third one by default has to be just very satisfying because it's going to close off a I, lot of emotional hope, beats and yeah, everything. Yeah, I hope so. It's yeah. actually going to yeah, leave on a cliffhanger. Probably. I want to see how obvious split. the setup is for the next yeah, I'm for him to he's, come out. Yeah. He's like, surprise, I actually split up into four movies. <laughs> right. The, he's going to do like a, a – what's it called? Um, the, the Hunger Games. We're going to split it up into two parts or something. Uh, the Hobbit there and The Hobbit back again. <laughs> <laughs> Bring your jam and toast. All right, let's get to our rating. Right. So we each week it out now there and we try to rate films based on when you should go and see them. And we have a scale that goes from IMAX, theater, dollar theater, Netflix, HBO TV, forget about it. We start, uh, Alex, on that scale, where would you put The Hobbit, The Destination of Snoke? Um, aside from what I just said about waiting until next year, uh, dollar theater, I guess. Mark? Uh, gosh, I was actually going to say theater, even though I sounded more negative about it. It, I, I, I'll stay it, it, with theater because I I think it deserves to be seen on a big screen. Definitely in a theater, at least. Some kind of theater. Okay. Abe? Find the biggest dollar theater you can and just wait a couple weeks. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I'd give it a theater. I mean, you want to go. It's a big holiday adventure movie, and it has its issues, but, like, I want to see it look great, so. Yeah, no, you can see it great on a dollar theater. You can. <laughs> But the it's seats the same won't thing, be only very comfortable. The yeah, the seats won't be very comfortable. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, they get gum and stuff on them. Yeah. Like, great. Right. Let's get to a movie callback. Callback, callback, callback. You mentioned a couple films that might have related in some way to the film that we thought of while watching or afterwards. Mark, you have any callbacks? Well, I, I kind of decided that Lord of the Rings is to The Hobbit what the original Star Wars trilogy is to those prequels. Fair. <laughs> Abe? Uh, definitely a lot of Sherlock stuff, BBC, and as well as, uh, what's his face? The other guy, Married to Madonna, passed. But, uh, also. Guy Ritchie? Yeah, Guy Ritchie films. Yeah, because uh, uh, Stephen Fry. I was going to uh, say, it's like, because neither of them are. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, Stephen Fry, yeah, as uh, his brother. And also Dragonheart, because the way that they designed the dragon very much reminded me yeah. of Dragonheart. Alex, any, uh, any movies you thought of? Yeah, well, no, he just said <laughs> Dragonheart. Because. Um, Whenever I see dragons in movies, like if it's a good dragon, the first thing that comes to mind is like I want to sit down and instantly compare every dragon to every other dragon I've seen and be like, yep. oh, which one is, is – does it really look better than this one? Because Dragonheart was what, like 1996? That was yeah. a while ago and it yeah. still looks – A time ago, yeah. Yeah, and, and and I would love to see like does it really look that much better? Does Is Smog just – or is it just like, oh, it's another cool dragon, but – it's not, that was the only, yeah. It's not D-War good with Craig Robinson. Um, <laughs> um, two Towers, Reloaded, Catching Fire, all those came to mind. Uh, Reign of Fire, because I hate that movie, but still, like, we know, Dragons. And yeah, Sherlock, because Watson and, <laughs> and Sherlock are back together again. Basically. Wait, who is, who is, who am I, uh, who's the Sherlock guy? Am I Benedict, Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, you just mean from Smog? Okay. Yeah. 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 Because <laughs> I thought you were talking about um, the uh, Stephen Fry's like little slimy assistant in this. Oh, yeah, one. that guy. Uh, that's Moriarty. Who is that guy? Moriarty. Okay. James Moriarty in the BBC version. 
Okay, because I ha- I haven't seen him, and I, like this guy, I already want to punch him. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to punch him more than I want to punch Warm Tongue from the first film. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's oh, a a unibrow, huh? You guys are unibrow racists. No, it's the teeth. It's the it's his teeth. It's his teeth. Ah. Do it for me. Teeth racists. Okay. All right. Let's move on to our sponsor. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com. There are over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or any kind of MP3 device. Uh, for you, the listeners of Out Now, Theron and Abe, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Abe, do you have a book to recommend? I do. It's sort of related to this week's uh, movie, but not entirely it's called dealing with dragons by patricia c reed it's narrated by the words take wing repertory company of syracuse new york uh, it's on audible.com and it's a great story about this very bored princess who just stumbles away into the forest and meets this talking dragon that likes cherries jubilee it's part of a series uh, so definitely uh, definitely a fun read it's for children yeah but yeah i mean come on i was gonna say is that for children like cherries jubilee right. yeah <laughs> <laughs> good one i like that i like that recommendation all right you can download that at audibletrial.com slash podcast or any other book you find there, and you get a cop, you can get it for free. You can get a membership for 30 days. If you don't like it, you can get rid of that, but you still get to keep the book. So, you know, go for it. Audibletrial.com slash podcast. Moving on, let's get down to feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. This is where we go over the many, many different responses to our various Facebook questions that we've asked for you, the listeners, to respond to. And, um, Abe, you want to start this off? Certainly. So we asked, uh, what are your thoughts on the Golden Globe nominations? Uh, Gerard writes, Rush, which I'm glad we've gotten nominated, is in theaters for a very short period of time, but still one of my favorite movies of this year. Uh, Rebecca writes, Parks and Rec. And I know they went on a, a hiatus, but I'm glad that they got nominated as well. You guys have any, uh, Alex, Mark, you have any uh, thoughts on the Golden Globes? Surprise. I was oh, pleased to see Rush got nominations, yeah. Alex, what did <laughs> you say? Alex, did you say screw the Globes? Yeah, I don't know. I hate that. <laughs> Yeah, Hollywood yeah. Forum Prize is a bunch of crap, but no, it's, it, it is fun because they're the only ones who would nominate these kind of movies. And like the, the, what is it? The comedy or musical category that doesn't right. really contain a single comedy or musical. Agreed. Um, but it, it's, it's like, you know what? They're good films. So uh, if you're going to nominate them and feature them, go right ahead. Like Rush is a great film <laughs> and I am happy that it gets acclaim and, uh, go for it. But the Globes, yeah, eh, whatever. Yeah. Um, okay, so next question we have is favorite film sequels that significantly improved upon the first, which really confused me for some of the responses we're getting here. Significantly okay. improved upon the first, but here we go. Mark, you've had Star, Star Trek II, Wrath of Khan, and A Shot in the Dark, which are good responses. Like oh, these. yes. I was very pleased with those responses. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I was waiting for a boom or something, but I didn't see it. Boom. I said it. <laughs> okay. April has uh, Catching Fire and Thor 2. Uh, so here we go. Mike, jo- Mike Jones has... Wayne's World 2, Halloween 2, the Rob Zombie Halloween 2, Empire Strikes Back, Dawn of the Dead, and Aliens. I mean, was was Aliens like a huge, significant... Okay, whatever. Brandon, <laughs> Brandon Peters has For Marshall with Love, another great answer. Donnie Salvo has The Godfather Part 2, Empire Strikes Back, Dark Knight, Aliens T2, and Superman 2. <laughs> See, The Godfather Part 2 implies that like the first one wasn't good or what okay. they needed improving. I'm like, wow. Less weddings, one. more De Niro. Let's go. <laughs> Greg has uh, Return of the Living Dead 3, uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare, and Aliens. Uh, two of those are good choices. Joshua has Evil Dead 2, Jason has The Dark Knight, Danny has Hellboy 2, Terminator 2, and Aliens. Linda has The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. 
and Adam has Beverly Hills Cop too. See, that's just wrong. <laughs> like, I can't, like, I can't get over that. <laughs> but more power to you. It's, it's you more listening. funny because there's Paul Reiser in it. They both have Paul Reiser in them. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, the first one has him riding in a Ferrari. The other one doesn't. <laughs> Go on. Next question. Right. Favorite uh, dragons in film. Ample writes, Reign of Fire with Matthew McConaughey and Christian Bale. Uh, Gerard writes, Reign of Fire! Uh, Tammy writes, Falcor, the Luck Dragon. Uh, Jim writes, what? Dragon's Lair. <laughs> what? Falcor from The NeverEnding Story. He's the Luck yeah. Dragon. He just looks like a dog. Yeah, <laughs> but he's got scales. Uh, friend of the show, Jim Dietz, has Dragon Slayer. Maxwell writes Toothless, Mushu, and Norbert. Which Norbert? Norbert, I'm guessing the Eddie Murphy one. Uh, no, what? No, it's Norbit, I'm sorry. What's the dragon Norbert? I don't know, I'm not sure. We'll have to Harry ask Potter? Is Harry that... Potter. Okay. Possibly, yeah. I, uh, you read the book, Zane, you think, should know this. Yeah, I think Alex is It right. is, it's from Harry Potter. Yeah. Anna writes Toothless from... Uh, uh, how, to, how to Train Your Dragon. Uh, Sharon writes Draco, Sean Connery, from uh, Dragonheart. Uh, Donnie writes Pete's, Pete's Dragon. Uh, Greg writes Pete's Dragon, Norbert, Toothless. The Mutant Donkey, <laughs> Dragon-Donkey hybrids from Shrek. Jason writes Sean Connery, meaning uh, Draco uh, from Dragonheart. And George, Bruce Lee, nailed it. Correct, he did. Good job, That's George. A, that was a good answer. Uh <laughs> Wait, so is Norbert the one that was, like, imprisoned, and then, like, they got it out? Is that that dragon? No, that that's actually a, a hippogriff. Oh, a hippogriff, okay. Yeah, but Norbert is, is the one that... What I the guess... hell is a, What's a hippogriff? What is that? What? It's, it's, like, it's like a falcon <laughs> slash horse thing that flies. No, that wasn't... It, wasn't that an Azkaban? <laughs> yeah, but... Oh, what, yeah. What, was, what was that Nor- one? Norbert is, is a small dragon that gets taken away because... Uh, uh, what's Ron's brothers? He farms dragons, and... So what's that dragon in the last two movies? That they like have to break out of jail or whatever. Uh, maybe I don't know. That's a great right. question. Good well, job, I'm... good job, Potterhead. Thought... Sorry. <laughs> All right, here's the next question. You are a dragon that just stole a lot of gold. What do you do now? Gerard has taken a nap. Mike has hided in my cave. He has a cave apparently. Izzy has go to Disneyland, terrorize children, I'd imagine, or make them laugh with joy. I don't know. And Greg has get featured on an upcoming episode of Hoarders. That's a <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's a lot of gold, though. What's the longest journey you've been on without using a train, plane, automobile, or a boat? Jim writes, hitchhiked from Kent, Ohio to Memphis, Tennessee in the 80s. It's a pretty long journey. Mike writes, I walked the Las Vegas Strip one side uh, one side down and back up the other. So that is a long time, too. It's very hot. Uh, Bob writes, I had this one unexpected journey to there and back again. Wah, wah. Good one. And Graham writes, length doesn't matter. It's always from where you have to... It's always from when you have to poo till you get home. Thank you, Graham, for that descriptive answer. Yeah. Um, last question. Martin Martin Freeman and Benedict Cumberbatch have teamed up on Sherlock and now The Hobbit. What else should they do together? Jordan has Super Mario Brothers reboot. <laughs> yeah. That'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's me, Mario Mario. Luigi Mario. Um, Dennis has they have the hair for Starsky and Hutch. <laughs> Uh, and Philip has uh, the film story of Kid and Play. I'm not sure which one should rock the high top. <laughs> so, <laughs> definitely would watch that, especially if they're in blackface. Very controversial, but I enjoyed it anyway. Um, all right. Uh, now we have uh, questions for us for that we can respond to that were written out. Uh, we got a voicemail. Woohoo! Yeah, we got a voicemail from Jason. 
Quick air, what's the voicemail line? That's a, that's a good question that I should have right now. I do. It is 972-798-3830. You can send us a voicemail and, you know, just make sure you're indicating that it's our show you want to leave a voicemail to, and we'll be happy to, you know, respond to it on the show. So here we go. I'm going to I'm gonna play that voicemail. Hi, out now of Aaron A. This is uh, your friend who likes to comment on your questions, Jason Ritter, um, with a question. With the films that Martin Freeman, Ben, and Cumberbatch put out this year, um, which Martin Freeman or and Benedict Cumberbatch film grossed the highest uh, this year? Not together, but what Martin Freeman's movie you think made the most money? What Benedict Cumberbatch movie made the most money? Keep up the good work. Uh, now I'd just... say go to www.boxofmojo.com. <laughs> uh, if I had to take a guess, I mean, I think The World's End would be Martin Freeman's biggest one, and then... Star Trek in the Darkness would be better to cover batches one for obvious reasons. So yeah, thanks Jason for that voicemail. <laughs> it's uh, easy answers, but first voicemail, thanks. First voicemail, yeah, go oh, good, yeah, get credit there. Friend of the show, Jim DeSantis, 2015 is going to be the most crowded year for big event movies ever. Who will win? Who will lose? Answer: Comic books. Loser: Independent movies that are an hour and a half long each. I mean, yeah, obviously 2015 is going to be a huge year for movies, and I think we know lots of them will be very successful, but who will the losers be, I guess, is a good question. Alex, do you have a, any thoughts? That was a sad, depressing answer he gave. The indie films that are an hour and a half long are the losers? <laughs> That's like the exact opposite of what should be happening. I'm talking about, I'm talking about, I'm talking about box office revenue-wise. Well, nonetheless, but, no, I, I, still. I won't go with every independent movie made that year. Yeah, exactly. He's exactly. dropping the gauntlet now. He's going to do it, guys. He's going to see everyone. <laughs> well, there could be, there could be that, yeah. Um, I think, I, I look, unless unless Abrams totally screws the pooch, I think Star Wars is going to be the number one. Yeah, and then, and then, like again, unless Whedon screws the pooch, Avengers two could be neck and neck with it. Like those are the two. I think, like, the behemoths, <laughs> where it's like, just everyone step aside and let these two just battle it out, essentially. Yeah. Losers? I don't know. It's hard to tell. Fifty Shades of Grey. Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hope. I'm curious. I'm, I'm, I, speaking of these independent movies, I'm curious if there's going to be this, like, backlash where all of a sudden people are going to be like, oh, there's too much of this, like, mainstream Hollywood crap again, and then, uh, you know, but... Because, like, half of them are more franchise sequels and more just things, so... Yeah, I'm looking at a list here, you know, stuff like Mission Impossible 5, Ted 2, yep. Snow White the Huntsman 2, Ant-Man. Ted 2 is where the bear goes on various talks around Europe and gives little speeches. About about <laughs> not being an alcoholic and a drug user. Got it. And things about the solar system. <laughs> Let's move on to the next question, because this might actually go into yeah. we'll lose, maybe... Uh, Jason asks, do you feel that Superman versus Batman is getting out of hand? And he has a follow-up question as well. Do you think Man of Steel 2 is trying to fit too much in with the additions of Wonder Woman and rumors of Lex Luthor and Metallo? <laughs> I, you know, I mean, it's not like we're not going to see this movie, but there's a lot going on in the sequel that that could have just been Man of Steel 2, but it's not like, you know, Justice League without being called Justice League. Yeah, uh, but I, my, I, yeah, I was gonna say I think I think they're finally like, hey, let's do. I think they tested the waters with Man of Steel to see if it would be accepted as a new universe, 
And then when it made whatever millions it did, they're like, okay, now we can do Justice League. And they're like, well, let's put in Wonder Woman and Batman and let's, let's, let's actually get that going. It just seems like there was no testing done. It was just like, well, well we made this. Like, now we can no, I but guess, I mean, fit the, other characters in it for some reason. Well, but the tone of the world and... Does the, the tone suggest that, like, Batman could exist here? Like, did you see that in Man of Steel? Where you're like, Batman could probably fit in pretty well. Yeah, because <laughs> he could have used his grappling hook to stop Zod at some point, just to hold it for a few seconds. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying like it's. I, I would say it's not so much a departure from Nolan's Batman, but it isn't like the same thing. And I think they're. I bet that, you know they're worried. Like, what if you go too far out? Then you get you're gonna lose some of those people. But uh, I don't know. I think it it it, it, it could. It could get out of hand <laughs> very easily, but, I, but we have no idea. And it's like every every couple of weeks we'll hear like Wonder Woman. <laughs> no one had any idea she was going to be in it, but who knows who else is going to be in it? and who knows how much she's going to be in it. We don't know. Too many she's going to show up for like two seconds, like in Back to the Future with the original Elizabeth Shue. And... No, no, no. It wasn't Elizabeth Shue at first. It was somebody else, but yeah, the Jennifer. Other Jennifer, yeah. yes. Mark, do you even care about this, about Man of Superman versus Batman? I know you love Man of Steel with all your heart. Right. Um, I mean, <laughs> is the script – the script is written, isn't it, or no? I assume it's – Yeah. I assume at least they have a sketch of what's going on. Yeah. I mean, I, I think they just need to focus on writing a, a coherent and enjoyable story and whatever characters – don't thr- try to just throw characters in there to appeal to – fanboy sensibilities just write a good story and if if wonder woman is a part of that story great but if she's not necessary then don't put her in there yeah don't superman or don't spider-man 3 me (laughs) i mean that's that's where i'm at i mean i i don't mind the idea of having other characters in it it's just a matter of if you know it works and like man of steel i i was more fine with it than mark was and i think abe and i were pretty much on the same page but it's like I'd rather I'd, I want to see a movie that's written better next time around rather than a movie that that just pleases me in terms of sights I see and like if there's more fist punching that'll be something too I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be curious to see how they segue from a movie about Superman to a movie about superheroes. Yeah, I can for sure. Because it's very much like just about one guy. It's like how how are they going to introduce other people besides like oh they're part of the universe? But in, how does that get explained? You, you would think it could be better explained by having multiple movies about superhero and then have one movie about superheroes. I feel like there's some studio that did that pretty effectively. <laughs> yeah, the asylum. Yeah, the asylum. Um, all right. All right. And our last question is uh, from Joe. Which is better, Breakin or Beat Street? Not Breakin' 2, just Breakin'. So he might as well. I mean, just disqualify that one then, and just say Beach Street. Like if you're not taking, Street. I was gonna say Beach Street. Is if you're not talking break into Electric Boogaloo, you're not talking about anything. <laughs> Beach Street has Radon Chong, so. Yeah, man. Beach Street for life. Yeah. Beach Street for life. Yeah. <laughs> um, we Streets of Fire and all this. That's the real question. Well, what about Crush Groove? Ooh, Crush Groove. Ooh. See? Yeah. That had L Cool J <laughs> and Sheila E. Yeah, and ladies love Cool James. So I mean, it had bonus points right there. Boom. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait to put trailers for all of these movies in the show notes. <laughs> questions. Thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, thank yeah, thank you, listeners, for We are going to do that. We can re- we can reenact them. <laughs> I'm putting I'm putting the links to the trailers in the show notes. That's what that's what Oh I... links, yeah, yeah. I thought like in here in the in the comment section I was like, Yeah, 
Maybe not. No, we don't need clips from these movies in this damn thing. That'd be ridiculous. Let's move on. But let's, let's get to let's get to the box office. Let's just do this quick because we're running long. Yeah. Um, things happen. Money. Movies made money. Uh, hey, what did you predict last week for the Hobbit? 88 miles per hour. You did 88 miles per hour. Yeah, and I said I said 90. I thought they'd do better. Hobbit actually did a little bit not worse, but did didn't do as strong as as uh, an unexpected journey. It made 73 million this weekend as opposed to 84 last weekend. And that might be due to tempered expectations or because they just there's plenty to see right now, but whatever. It's gonna, it's gonna, it's not gonna not make more money. It's gonna make a lot of money, and everybody will be happy. And then we'll see the next one. Um, anything else in the box office? Not really. Uh, American Hustle. What about uh, a Medea Christmas? Medea Christmas got third place, 16 million, lower than previous Medea starring movies, uh, because Frozen's just that good. It's still in second place ahead of it. Mm. Um, but yeah, Mark, I'm sure you. I mean, your tickets for Medea's Christmas tomorrow. I'll, I'll look forward to that review. Um, we'll see where that goes. Can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's. <laughs> you have? Have you seen this? I don't see Medea movies or things that oh, okay. have Tyler Perry in the title, except Alex Cross, which I still haven't seen. I still haven't crossed Alex Cross. Once it goes and, on and Netflix, he was, the, he was in Star Trek, wasn't he? He wasn't Star. But yeah, but it's not like I didn't know that at the time, so he tricked me. That was right. right. <laughs> that was what the problem was. And I'm still convinced that if Tyler Perry was the one that died at the beginning of Into Darkness, since it had like random black family, that would have made that movie all the better. <laughs> Um. Anyway, let's move on now. Let's move on to what time is it, Dave? Oh, Aaron, I think it's time for some uh, Xalophone back games. Hmm, that was smoggy this year. Smoggy if you got them. So let's move here. Smoggerific. Here we go. First game. First of two short games. Uh, this first one's called Elf Say What? Woo! What? <laughs> and these are quotes from elf characters in various movies, and you have to identify the movie. And character for bonus point. Should be, Great. Should be pretty straightforward. Here's the first quote. This place reminds me of Santa's workshop, except it smells like mushrooms and everyone looks like they want to hurt me. Elf. Yeah. Will Ferrell. The correct answer is... Buddy the Elf. Buddy the Elf. Oh, Buddy the Elf. Well, yeah, the movie's called Elf. I, I said name the movie. If you name the book character, you get bonus or, points. Or the character. Yeah, I didn't yeah. name the character. Yeah, but, but Alex did, and he got bonus points for it. So he has two points, you have one. <laughs> Let's 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 put out the what? reminder. Yeah, well, shut up, Abe. <laughs> yeah. Listen to the rules. Come on. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> just to reiterate, say your name first and then shout out the answer. That's so you can, so you buzz Abe, in that. No, no, you already lost that one, Abe. Oh, sorry. Here's the next. Here's the next one. If I call you next December, if I call you next December, you're going to be so happy to hear from me. You're going to do goddamn backflip. You're going to put on that Santa hat so fast. You're going to do a. You're going to get effing hat burn. Uh, Abe, Bad Santa. Bad Santa is the correct answer. <laughs> awesome. You see, he's true for a loop there. Be so vulgar. Yeah. What movie would be so vulgar to have that? <laughs> I don't know what that elves did. <laughs> okay. That. Here's the next one. This might be tricky. It means you put on the suit, you're the big guy. Abe, the Santa Claus. The yeah. Santa Claus is the correct answer. Do you know the name of that elf? Is that guy's yeah, name Bernard. Buddy too? It oh, is Bernard. Bernard. No, you got <laughs> Abe got the. I love Bernard the Elf. Do you know who he's yeah. played by? Uh, that guy from the Jewish guy. The Jewish, you're right. The Jewish guy, <laughs> Numbers himself, David Crumholtz. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the next one. There's no strength left in the world of men. Uh, Abe Elrond. <laughs> yep, that's that's Elrond. Woo! Hmm. I haven't won a game in a very long time. I know this is surprising me too. Here's the next one. 
Uh, this one's in regard to a policeman who stormed into a Sanders workshop. It's the Grinch. Scatter. Policeman that storms into an elf workshop? Christmas classic, this movie. Sounds like <laughs> the Grinch. <laughs> but I don't know. <laughs> I don't like the Grinch remake. I don't know. Any guesses? No. It is from Jingle All the Way. Jingle All the Way? Yeah, good old Turbo Man. Christmas classic. <laughs> last one. Last one here. You sit on a throne of lies. Abe, Buddy the Elf? That is correct. Yes, it is Buddy the Elf. Yes! Yes. (laughs) Wow. Yes! All right. Woo! 1-1. I was waiting for Hermie, the elf from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. No quotes from him. You know, I had that for the... I had had a Hermie... I I wrote Hermie, and I was going to look up the quote for it, but then I had, like... It had something about, I want to be a dentist or something. Yeah. I had too many as it was. I wanted to stop it so I can get this next game. Here's the next game. We played this. We played this a couple times. We played this last year on last year's Hobbit Pep episode. It is celebrity tweets. This is, of course, the game where you're supposed to identify the person that made this tweet. So that for, from a celebrity, um, they'll all be Hobbit related. This shouldn't be too hard. Here we go. Here's the first one. I hate spiders, but I love stabbing them. Uh, Martin Freeman. This is Martin Freeman. Yeah, this is a tweet from Martin Freeman. Put that one out there. Here's the next one. They might as well have called my part of the film Detective Gandalf's Adventures. It's not hard. His next tweet's called, or says, Bigger, longer, and uncut. Hashtag, that's what I call my sword. Mm, Peter Jackson? It's Orlando Bloom. That's an Orlando Bloom tweet. Ah, uh, uh, sounds <laughs> like him. Uh, let's see. Here's the next one. I had to go through Middle Earth boot camp as I knew I'd be giving be be a big addition to the series. I had, oh. to, I had to go through Middle Earth boot camp as I knew I'd be a big addition to the series. Uh, Evangeline Lilly. It's a good guess. Hmm. Hmm. That's a Stephen Colbert. Stephen Colbert put that. Oh yeah. right. Did of you know he course. was in the movie? He was. Yeah, he was the guy with the eye patch that goes down. I saw him credited in the movie. I was like, oh, yeah, Stephen Colbert was supposed to be. <laughs> Wait, he's the eye patch guy in Lake Town, you mean? Yeah, in Lake yeah. Town. He has, like, uh... his family right there. Yeah, I also forgot that uh, Peter Jackson's going Quentin Tarantino and being in his own movies. He does that in all his movies, yeah. Mm. He, he, he says like the first chair. shot of this one. Yeah, yeah. He, he pulled a Hitchcock in this one. He's just like, get it out oh, of the way. <laughs> right from the start. Yeah. Like, it was, like, one of the first things you see in the film. <laughs> yeah, that, got, like, that got applause in my theater. <laughs> They got booze and no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Move that fat guy out of the way. He used to be skinny. That guy's not a hobby. All right. Um, my female fan should know that I did all the motion capture in the nude. Benedict Cumberbatch, our yeah. hope. That is a uh, Mikhail Persbrandt who played Bjorn, the skin changer, of course. As he's as a huge fan. It's obviously one of course. the. <laughs> <laughs> One of oh, his tweets, obviously. That's right. He did. He did do a lot of uh, nude scenes. Yeah. He's big. He's big in Scandinavia. <laughs> yeah. Um. Last one. Uh, next year should be a big game changer, as a lot of loose ends are going to be tied together. Uh, executive producer Fran Walsh. 
It is uh, director James Gunn regarding Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, the hashtag uh, the Hobbit was okay. Was Perfect. Like, yeah, because yeah, you know that part. In, yeah, that part in Thor two confused me. They're already kind of tied together. All right, so that's celebrity tweets. Woohoo! Celebrities. All right, almost done here. Out now presents without now. These are movies that are coming out on Blu-ray, DVD in the near future, or this Tuesday. Not near future, really near future. Uh, when this podcast arrives, actually. First up, we have the Lone Ranger. Boo. Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious what the reaction will be once people like see it's like, oh, that wasn't that bad. Like, that's what it's going to be <laughs> pretty much. This extended version makes much more sense. That looked expensive. Um, Elysium. Uh, yeah, it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> Which uh, is sad, unfortunately. Yeah, it is. Kick-Ass It should have been, been woo but yeah. yeah. It's all right. It's not bad. Kick-Ass kick ass 2. <laughs> yeah. This is the week of, it's all right, it's not bad. Yeah, really. <laughs> Percy Jackson, Sea of Monsters. Didn't see it. Yeah, okay, that one I don't know. <laughs> not not terrible. Not to, It had, I, I mean, Mark knows, or Mark saw the first one. I, uh, I, told, I told Mark it has less fond dancing sequences, so, I mean, that's a plus right there. With Lady Gaga. With Lady Gaga. Uh, Prisoners. Oh, that's a good movie. No, that was good. Like Prisoners. You know, I actually feel like Jake Gyllenhaal should have gotten more acclaim for his performance. I haven't really I heard of that. I'm surprised he didn't get a Golden Globe nomination. Like, that seemed, like, that was, that seemed like that was ripe for Golden Globe. He's getting right. it now that there's an Abe nomination, though. Best Supporting Actor. Best Actor? He's co-star. Oh, but Best Actor. There you go. Who gets, the job, who gets the job done? Jake Gyllenhaal. Well, you know, Red Whistle is there, too. Come on. I mean, they got, that Red Whistle deserves an Oscar nomination. Uh, the Family. <laughs> didn't see it. <laughs> That's already on video. <laughs> wow, so is, that just so, came out. Well, so is Prisoner. Prisoner's came out after The Family. Oh, did it? Oh, okay. Uh, Ain't Them Body Saints. Did anybody else see this movie? Mark, did you see this movie? Yes, I, I mentioned I it in one of our out Yeah, I thought so, yeah. yeah. And actually, I was surprised that you were so kind of lukewarm about it. I, I would have thought you would have enjoyed it more. I think the movie is improved by seeing it in a theater on a big screen with the sound yeah. and all that. I wouldn't deny that ideal situations could make it a better experience, but that said, I mean, I, at the same, I watched other movies that are in the same kind of ilk that I enjoyed much more. So I, yeah, I, I that's know. why I, I'm just. There was something I was going to mention that didn't make sense that you didn't care for this, but you loved something else. But I don't, I can't remember what that movie was now. All right. If you can think of it, let me know because I'm curious. But you were, just, you said you were bored by it. Yeah, I was. Yeah. It's just lukewarm. Uh, Morgan Squirrelocks, One Direction, This Is Us. I heard it was pretty good. <laughs> Morgan, Squirrel- <laughs> I heard Morgan Squirrelock presents One Direction. <laughs> yeah, That's I the new title. Oh, God. Well, they can market it. Like, you know, at, in, like, art theaters, they can do it, you know, market it that way. And I mean, I I, I wouldn't mind seeing this at some point. I'm not racing out today. If it's on Netflix streaming at some point, I'll like, like yeah, all right. Well, have you watched any of these things? Like the I Justin watched, Bieber yeah, I did. Bieber. I watched the I watched the Justin Bieber one, which I liked quite He's a bit. He's got a new one coming out. That, that I don't need to see that one, but I like the like that was before he had like all this money and was like really cocky. Like that was just when he was starting out. Like, when he was humble. And it was from the director of before Step when Up, it was Step all Up about 3D and Step Up to the Streets and GI Joe Retaliation. Like it was that it was John M. Chu. <laughs> Uh, and lastly, Ghost Team One. We we interviewed the directors on this podcast, yeah, we, we, yeah, we Scott and Ben, and they were, they were a lot of fun to talk to. And I I I, I laughed at this movie. So. I saw the trailer; it was good. All right, so that's that. Let's move on. Let's get to next week's show. Next week, America. I think we're going to talk about American Hustle and Anchorman Two. 
that's a tentative plan right now. I don't know if we'll have many episodes where we talk about some of these big movies in smaller bursts, but we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, I don't even want to do box office predictions. Like, there's no reason to. <laughs> like, uh, just, yeah. we'll, just, well, for Anchor it would be Anchor. I, I guess yeah, it'll be the biggest release, and it comes out on a Wednesday, so it's hard to predict. Um, you can predict what's gonna be number one. I'll say Anchorman. I can say Anchorman. I can say that. Um, all right, so let's let's get out of here. Let's do this. Um, that's gonna do it for this week's episode about Nathan, Aaron, and Abe. You can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodezeek.com. We can find all my written movie reviews as well as at ysoblue.com for Blu-ray reviews. Oh, we're also doing all our top ten lists at ysoblue for the next couple weeks, so check. Be sure to check those out. Uh, you can find me at Twitter at twitter.com/slash/aaron's-ps4. Abe. You can find more fun stuff at walrusmoose.com and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. Hashtag The Last of Us. I finally finished it. Yes. That's a long hashtag. That's a long Yeah. Mark? Uh, you can find more of my work on fastfilmreviews.com. That's right. Just fastfilmreviews.com. Whoa. Yeah, it's it's been new and improved. And uh, also you can follow me on Twitter, Mark underscore Hoban. Alex? Uh, as usual, I'm at First Showing on Twitter and uh, everything online at FirstShowing.net. Thanks, as always. Great. You can, of course, find all the other episodes about Now with Aaron and Abe on iTunes and at Stitcher. Also, HHWLOD.com. That is the podcast network that hosts our show along with the other shows like the Walking Dead TV podcast, the Ichapod Cranecast, which I am on both of those, and other shows about comics and games and other fun stuff like that. Also, find us over at Now.Podomag.com as well as YouTube.com slash Podcast. Outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to email us. Let us know your thoughts on The Hobbit, the series in general. Where do you think it's going? How do you think it's going so far? Interact with us over at facebook.com slash outnowpodcast and also twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. And, of course, we have our Tumblr, outnowpodcast.tumblr.com. And feel free to use our new voicemail, 972-798-3830. Send us your thoughts in vocal form. Woohoo! All right, so that's going to do it. Thank you, Alex and Mark, for sticking around for this very long show to talk The Hobbit with us. Sure, thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure. And until next time, stay classy and so long. And adios and goodbye. San Diego. Smog. Smog. I think it's Smog. 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 It's, it's Smog. 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 Smog.
Smoog. Smog. Smig. Smig. Uh, uh, yeah. Smog. 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 Smog.